Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No, my career has never been conventional. I've worked in Milwaukee. I've worked in Los Angeles. I've worked in Chicago. I've worked in Indianapolis. I've worked in New York. I've always thrived on controversy. Have I been fired a couple of times for unjust reasons? You better believe it. I've had my share of views. I've had my share of ups and downs. 1001, welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. And Bruce, we have a very special guest on the line. I'm going to let you do the intro. Well, our uh, tribute to Chet Kopic begins right now. A longtime friend and a legendary broadcaster who made, uh, helped make my career and many, many others who you still listen to all along and uh we are pleased to bring in uh, a great friend of chet's and mine and one of the greatest pitchers in baseball history the last 30 game winner in major league baseball denny mcclain joins uh, joins us and inside the clubhouse good morning denny guys good morning how are you well it's it's been a tough tough few days as you know any yeah. friend of chet's like yourself uh it's been uh, it's been a very thing a very tough thing to get our heads around well it's shocking i just uh, as a matter of fact i was uh the irony that you remember where you were when I was uh, I was at a car dealership back. I was buying a new car, and uh, I'm sitting there talking to a couple of the sales guys. And one of the sales guys said, "You know this guy in Chicago, Chet Kopic or something?" I said, "I said it's not Kopic, it's Kopic." And I said, "Why would you be looking at something in Chicago? We're sitting here in Detroit." He said, "It just came on my computer." I said, "What? What came on?" He said, "He died." I said, "What?" I said, you've got to be kidding. He's never going to die. Chet will never die. Chet right. will not accept dying. I'm telling you, I know him that well. He would never accept dying. And uh, I said, no, there's no way. So I swung the, uh, the computer uh, around, and I looked at it. I was just blown away. I mean, I, mean, I, I swelled up right away, tear-wise. I, I just can't believe it. I mean, been a friend for so long. I've done radio with him, TV with him. As a matter of fact, uh, when I first met him, the first time I ever met him, now this is a thousand years ago in Indianapolis, Indiana, when he was working at Wish TV, I think it was. And uh, lo and behold, he comes in there with, and he says, are you Denny McLean? I says, I'm not Willie Horton. I said, you know, there's a distinct difference. And he says, uh, you know, you know how Chet was. He was just a smart ass all the time, especially when he wanted to get to know you to begin with. And uh, I said, yeah, what what can I do for you? I said, my God, you're 10 feet tall. Why aren't you playing basketball? He says, I suck. That's the reason I'm not playing basketball. I said, what can I do for you? He said, let's do an interview. He said, I don't think anybody in Indianapolis has ever talked to you before. I said, there's no reason for anybody in Indianapolis <laughs> to talk to me. I said, I'm not a Hoosier. I, I, I know who my father and mother are. So um, the, uh, we went into this. You know, you know, you know how he was, one liner after another, especially once he gets comfortable with you. Oh, yeah. And uh, we had a great time. I mean, he, we must have done an hour of tape. And then after the, uh, after the interview was done, this is the best part of this interview, uh, about 
after a good hour, um, and I said, listen, I've never seen a camera that can run an hour. He said, now nah, we ran out of film about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Denny McLean, uh, the great, great pitcher, last 30-game winner ever. There will never be anyone even close uh, in history to come to that because they, they hardly make 30 starts anymore joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Denny, tell, tell me what you think the, the brilliance of Chet was. What was the essence of uh, – why he was uh, so good and so popular for so long. First of all, he was bigger than life. He, he is just essentially bigger than life. He didn't care. Uh, he cared about how people felt about him, but he wasn't going to allow that to stop him from getting an, inter- an interview, getting, getting his point in, making a good or a bad point. I mean, nothing would stop him from getting, the, getting what he wanted. I mean, he had, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you this, a lot of people don't believe this, but he did an, a lot of research, boys. Oh, I, I mean, uh, he, he was a walking encyclopedia. There's another guy. I, I, I currently now do a, 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 a podcast here in Detroit, which is obviously all over the country, as most of them are. Uh, we got a guy named Bob Page doing it with me, a guy named Eli Zarrett and Bob Page. And P- Bob Page worked at, at uh, Madison Square Garden. He worked with Howard Cosell and all those big guys in New York. And, and much like Chet, I heard your intro with Chet was he's been fired from many different places. Page has been fired probably 10 times more because he he hated management wherever he went, and he would wind up ripping management everywhere he went. <laughs> and he got fired everywhere he went. And, and the only other guy that approached uh, as far as uh, knowledge goes, would be this Bob Page, who I work with. And, but nobody comes close to Chet. I, I mean, Chet was so over the top. He was a walking encyclopedia. He was a walking computer. And what he didn't know, he, you know, I always used to tell him, I said, is that true? He says, no, but it sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Denny, a lot, of so, pe- a lot of people in the business are known for their attire, and, and cer- certainly oh, Chet God, was known yes. for that long, long mink coat or raccoon coat yeah. or whatever it was. I mean, yeah, did you ever see yeah. him wear some? It wasn't of- always dead. <laughs> well, that's right. It was, always wasn't dead. But, you know, I used to tell him, I said, listen, during the summer, as big as you are and you sweat as much, you kill that bear, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, uh, I mean, see, I had I had a mink coat too when I was playing ball. Uh, the hotel, the Riviera Hotel, where I used to work when I when I played organ and piano for all those years, uh, they presented me with a mink coat, and we used to talk about the mink coat, which one was worse more. I says, well, mine never ran anywhere. I, I said, yours is still running on the back of your ass for Christ's sake. But uh, he he was, I mean, he listened. They didn't make him any better. They they didn't make him any more personable. Uh, I, I mean, uh, listen, this is a loss for all of us. I mean, all of us who knew him, and you could call him any time, and he'd give you 5, 10, 15 minutes. I mean, and by the time you got through talking to him, if you were in a lousy mood to begin with, you wouldn't be at the end of the conversation. That's the kind of guy he was. He, he made everybody's day. I, I don't ever remember having a bad day with him. You're right. Hey, Denny, uh, how people? How can people find your, your new podcast, where it's at? Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the pod, there's two ways of finding it. You can either go under Eli and Denny podcast. That's E-L-I and Denny podcast. Or um, nofiltersportspodcast.com. Nofiltersportspodcast.com. 
And uh, God, we, we're already hitting ten, twelve thousand uh, numbers already every week. So it's uh, we're on. A, we're on, you can go to it like everybody else. You can go to it and listen to any show at any time. We've done about thirty shows already. We do two or three a week, and uh, we're having a ball with it. It's uh, you know, it's something that uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys are involved in it too. It's something that you really have to get used to because of. You know, you don't have any required breaks, and you can go an hour and a half if you want, or three hours if you want. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And we, and you know what, the the news today, uh, you know, these twenty minute news cycles that we're in are just terrific for guys doing podcasts. I mean, the one I woke up with yesterday afternoon was uh, uh, they want to run Tiger Woods out of out of golf now. And uh, I mean, uh, geez, what's next? but uh, it's crazy, just crazy. It's uh, it's I'm having more fun now than I ever did on radio and TV because you know there's no rules and you can just do. The only thing that we don't do on our show is we don't use any profanity. I mean, I've been trying to keep the other two guys down to a very minimum because uh, it's you know what it's not appropriate. I mean, you you've got children listening to these things now. The kids, hell, the kids are more attuned to the computer than we are. You're right. And then you've got besides the kids, you've got you got a lot of women listening to these things. Denny, and, uh, uh, we we appreciate you joining us. We'd like to have you on again, talk a little baseball, and talk to you about your podcast again. Thanks for sharing those great stories about uh, you and Chet, and uh, we will we will keep uh, him in our thoughts always. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the call, and you guys give me a call anytime. All right. Thanks, Denny. Thanks, guys. Denny McLean, the last 30-game winner that will ever be in the game of baseball. As we segue to another great friend of Chet Kopik and mine and yours, David, uh, the president of the Chicago Blackhawks, John McDonough, joins us on uh, our tribute to Chet Kopik. Good morning, John. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? We're we're doing good. Uh, You know, as we talked to Denny about, as you listen to, uh, he just can't believe that uh, he said Chet wouldn't allow his passing without his consent. And, uh, you know, it's funny and sad at the same time because uh, that is the essence of Chet. Well, I think Chet would have enjoyed the fanfare. Um, You know, this has been been a really heavy few days for all of us. you know, I, I will remember, uh, you know, you and I had a very spiritual conversation about two days ago that I'll remember forever. Uh, so it's just uh, it's good just good to have the chance to talk and remember Chet today. Hey, John, uh, I don't think there was anybody ever, maybe in broadcasting, certainly on the local level, who was a better promoter than, than Chet. And that's something that I'm sure you could appreciate, you know, being in the marketing and promotion business yourself over all these years. He was, he was second to none. You know, David, he was a showman. Uh, he was a bit Barnum and Bailey. Uh, he was very self-deprecating and he had the ability to make fun of himself, but he might've been a bigger fan of wrestling roller derby, even more than baseball and some of the others, because I think that played right into who he was. Uh, he was a very complex guy and, uh, and he loved it. He loved the showmanship about it. He loved the, the creativity about it. Um, but we, we talked about that, uh, we talked about that quite often. He would always reference Bobby Heenan and Bob Lewis and a lot of these, <laughs> these wrestling guys. Um, yeah. You beat me to the punch. I mean, my most famous conversations were about Bobby Heenan, who was a character obviously, uh, unto himself. And he also, uh, Chet did, he loved Bill Veck, um, because Bill Veck was the ultimate showman himself in, in baseball, you know, long uh, in the past. Yeah, he did. It was just uh, it was it was who Chet was. He 
he he loved that spotlight. He loved to be noticed. Uh, as a matter of fact, he would say to me sometimes that you know he would he would go into a crowd to be noticed, and uh, he pulled it off better than anybody else. Uh, he was great. He was great in front of people. I think also he was very. There was a part of him that if you knew him well enough, he was very very humble. Uh, but wow, what a devastating what a devastating loss. John McDonough, the president of the Chicago Blackhawks, joining us on our tribute to Chet Kopik on the score. We'll continue our baseball conversation with Bob Brenly at the bottom of the hour. John, uh, I I was fortunate enough to uh, be identified by Chet to uh, have him help me with my very humble career at the beginning. Uh, is there anybody that could sell? Is there anybody that could sell the? Uh, a person or a, a uh, product better than Chet. I mean, when when you'd come on, before you'd come on, the introduction was longer than the interview. Uh, he, he was magical in that sense. In our players, both with the Cubs and the Blackhawks, when he, especially recently with Chelios and Bobby Hull and Savard and Esposito, the introductions would be longer than their presentation, and about three quarters of it wasn't even true. And that was that was actually the beauty of it. Many times he would introduce me when I would come on the show, and the introduction would be two or three minutes, and I would kind of parse through the things that he were saying. And you're saying to yourself, I wish that was true, but that's quite an embellishment. He was also the greatest embellisher of all time, but we all bought it because it was coming from the voice of Chet Kopic. John McDonough joining us on the El Pamonte Ford Hotline. El Pamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. You know, when, when I think of Chet, John, over all these years, I think of some of his famous sayings, your dime, your dance floor, uh, let's do a lap around the salad bar. Are there any other ones that stand out in your mind uh, that I'm not thinking of right away? David, I'm going to give you one that was very, very recent. So Chet would blog periodically. And within the last year, there was a blog that went out that was a little bit over the line. Uh, It was regarding another franchise in town. And I called him and I said, Chet, how you doing? Uh, He said, Big Mac, I'm doing fine. Just, uh, I said, Chet, um, you've got to be careful. You know, you've got to be careful. There are other teams in town. We have to have respect and reverence for all of these other teams. And you're putting me in a bad spot when you do that. So I'm going to ask you to please curtail if you're going to blog about another team, you can't be critical. He said, uh, I hear you loud and clear, big man. Ten minutes later, I get a phone call. He goes, Mac, it's uh, it's Copic. I've had a chance to uh, to think this over. It's uh, Copic, five minutes for cross-checking. Uh, <laughs> this will never, this will never happen <laughs> Like, where do I go from that? Yeah. Like, where do I go? You just, you're not going to do anything to him because you love him. But <laughs> he had to come back in his own topic ease. John, uh, when you look at all the people in radio and uh, communications media in Chicago and all over that he impacted, um, it's it's just mind-boggling to, to see how he identified talent, how he built people up and how they went on to their own great careers as well. He, he helped everybody out. I've been reading so many things about people who we impacted in the broadcast community, but also in the sports community. And 
for many of the good things that have happened in my career, I give I give Chet a lot of credit for because at a very young age, inexplicably, he would put me on his radio show. He would put me on Bruce and David. You remember the back table? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And he had me on the back table when I was early in my career, and he had the heavyweights of the industry on there, and I had no idea why he would have me on there, but he felt as if, okay, there might be something here. However, it was humorous, and you both know this very well. When you were on with Chet, the code for him not listening to what you were saying would be, uh-huh. And I would, this would be television, so it would be he and I on the back table, mm-hmm. and he would ask me a very profound question. I would do my best to answer. I knew full well he was not listening to the answer. And when I would go on radio with him, I would hear him turning the pages of the oh, news. Oh, yeah, yeah. You would always hear that. While I was on with him. And taking a drink of a diet, his 10th Diet Coke of the day. Well, he would come into my office at Wrigley and at the United Center, and in his briefcase, there would not be any documents. It would be Diet Coke. <laughs> so true. John, uh, thank, you, thank you so much for, for sharing you know, some of your remembrances. I'll always remember uh, Chet telling me back in uh, the early 1990s to mid-90s, John McDonough will be the president of the Chicago Cubs. He will be a president of other teams. He is uh, being limited as a marketing director, and I tell you that he will be in that uh, psychic power, that premonition certainly came true. He uh, he identified talent in a lot of different people, and you were no exception, my friend. Well, thank you, Bruce. That's very nice of you. And uh, hopefully we'll all get together in the next uh, week or so and celebrate the great life of Chet Coppa. Good, good to be on with you, Bruce and David. Nice to hear from you. Thank Appreciate you. it, John. Yeah. Thank you so okay, much. Bye-bye. President of the Chicago Blackhawks, John McDonough, wrapping up our tribute to Chet Kopic. Back to Chicago baseball talk. We'll talk to uh, Bob Brenly, the Arizona Diamondbacks, at the bottom of the hour. Take your calls, Cubs, Sox, everything baseball and inside the clubhouse. And, and Bruce, I got to say this. First of all, I didn't know Denny McLean was that funny, to be honest with you. I mean, his podcast must be oh. hysterical. I mean, wow. he's like a stand-up comic, but... You know, the common bond we, talking to both Denny McLean and John McDonough was, and obviously some great memories with Chet, who, who you know, and I said this yesterday and I'll continue to say it, Chet was a pioneer um, who paved the way for a lot of us to do some of the things that we enjoy doing. So I'll always be appreciative of that. But we laughed a lot over the last 20 minutes. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, when somebody passes, if you can laugh, you know, some of the great memories – that's a good thing, actually. Chad would be smiling right now, for sure. So uh, we'll look forward to his memorial. Uh, thank Mitch Rosen and the people here for allowing us to do this nice tribute to uh, to Chet. And we'll continue on with our baseball talk as we move on here on Inside the Clubhouse. And real quickly, Bruce, this hour is brought to you by Continental Toyota. Experience the Continental Toyota difference with over 400 new and used vehicles in stock located on LaGrange Road and I-55 in Hodgkins, ContinentalToyota.com. We'll be back right after this. 1028, welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. We got Bob Brenly coming up in just a matter of moments, but right now, let's go back out to the phone lines and pick it up with uh, Joe, who's checking in from Joliet. Go ahead, Joe. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, um, so, yes, I don't know if you guys caught it, but yesterday during the Cubs game, when Bob Brenly did the seventh inning stretch, you know how they go, uh, and we root, root, root for the Cubbies, right? He didn't do that part at all. 
Yeah. Like I just thought I just thought that was so funny. Like because you know how you know how he's that Arizona Diamondbacks broadcaster now? Right. I, I just thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, I saw that. I watched that too. You know, he just put the uh microphone toward the crowd when it came root 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 yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Thanks for picking that one up, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. You know, that's not unprecedented, though, Bruce, because I remember other teams' broadcasters, and, you know, you can go down a litany of them. They won't do it either. They won't put in their own team's names, right. but they won't say the Cubs, almost like it's blasphemous on the Well, part. yeah, I mean, you can't. You can't. I mean, you know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you, that's of course for sure. Not. Of course not. All right, let's continue on the phone lines. Let's uh, go north up to Wilmette and pick it up with Ray. Go ahead, Ray. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Thank you. Uh, Bruce, I'd like to ask you a question. Um, who do you think uh, of uh, the minor league players the Chicago White Sox have would be the next player to come up to play in the major leagues? And how's this uh, outfielder doing Blake Rutherford down in the minor leagues? Thanks, Bruce. Haven't looked at his numbers this week. Uh, I can tell you Luis Robert has been on fire, and that's the guy everybody should keep their eye on. It's probably not this year, but you know, coming into next year, David, uh, September may be a call-up, but more likely next uh, spring he's going to fit in with these other guys. Dylan Cease is everybody should be looking at and uh, watching his uh, really good starts and the idea that uh, he might be up as early as June or July, David, is a real possibility. Yeah, listen, the White Sox, and we've talked about this numerous times, they have so many prospects that hopefully will pan out, so we'll just have to wait and see. But right now... Uh, We have a special guest who is just about to get on our phone lines, and I will tell you that Bob Brenly joins us on the El Pamante Ford hotline, El Pamante Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. And uh, Bruce, take it up uh, with Bob. Bob, a great friend of ours joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Thanks for taking some time out today, Bob. Uh, No worries, Bruce. Dave, how are you guys doing this morning? We're doing great. You know, uh, we just had a caller on. I don't know if you caught it when you were uh, getting hooked up. He said, uh, how come Brenly didn't uh, say root, root, root for the Cubs? And we said, because he doesn't root, root, root for the Cubs anymore. He is working for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And uh, I know you've been enjoyed your ten- tenure over there, but uh, I- I'm sure you have a great affinity every time you walk in the ballpark and see all the friends that you have left behind here. Boy, no doubt about it, Bruce. I mean, uh, from the ushers uh, to the concessionaires to the people that work in uh, both sides on the clubhouse, uh, the Bat Boys, uh, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of good memories from my time spent here in Chicago. And and getting back to the root, root, root for the Cubbies, I don't know if you remember when Bob Euchre tried to say root, root, root for the Brewers, you do the same for the Cubs, and uh, they damn near boot him out of the ballpark so right. uh, i just point the microphone out i let the cubs fans say cubs and then i go ahead and finish the song how are you uh enjoying your your career there you've been there a long time now and and how do you uh how do you how do you enjoy the broadcast that you guys do there and how, how different is the broadcast i know i listen to you guys on occasion but in your mind how different is a another team's broadcast than the quote-unquote chicago cubs well, you know, first of all, uh, the Cubs telecast historically, and I don't know where it's going to go in the future, but historically it was, uh, for me, a, a very fan-friendly, a very homey telecast. I mean, you know, going back to the days of Harry saying, uh, you know, hello to uh, Susie Smith in Peoria, <laughs> and, you know, all the things that made it your hometown telecast. Uh, and that was kind of unique to the game of baseball. And 
you know, out in Arizona now, we're we're part of the Fox Regional Group, and uh, they have very specific ideas about what they like and what they don't like on the telecast. So, uh, you know, some of that hominess is gone, but uh, you know, I still enjoy my job. I, you know, I, it's hard to call it a job when you get to sit up here and watch a baseball game every day for a living. But uh, you know, the, the Cubs kind of had their own thing here when it came to the radio and television uh, because of their fan base, because of everybody around the country, around the world that rooted for the Cubs. Uh, it had a completely different feel to it. Hey, Bob, I got to laugh after yesterday's game. And, and let's face it, the wind was crazy yesterday. It was like a wind chamber. And and Joe Madden was making mention, he, he, you know, he brought up candlestick. And he said it was like yesterday was candlestick on, on steroids or something like that. <laughs> but you played in, in candlestick for a long time. So, you know, how did yesterday compare with candlestick? And, you know, how does that just affect the game in general? Because those pop-ups yesterday, they were pretty crazy. Yeah, it was really crazy here yesterday. I think the one difference is uh, wind velocity was probably very similar to a lot of games I played at Candlestick. But, uh, you know, because Candlestick, uh, by the time I got there, was an enclosed stadium, when the winds got inside, they swirled. Uh, it might be blowing straight out the left one inning. It might be blowing straight in from left the next inning. It might change from hitter to hitter. And uh, you, you really never knew where a ball was going to go when it went up in the air. So, uh uh, the thing about yesterday was it was a very stiff, strong, cold wind, but it was blowing consistently in from left field. And every pop-up that went up, you, you had a feeling it was going to blow up into the bleachers on the right side of the field. So uh, the wind yesterday, in my eyes, is something that you should have been able to anticipate and, and try to get yourself in a position where the wind is going to blow the ball too, rather than get underneath it and then try to chase it as the wind took it and pushed it toward that first baseline. But uh you know, wind is, is horrible for the game of baseball. It affects everything. I mean, hitters standing in the batter's box, the wind hits them and throws them off balance a little bit. Pitchers out there on the mound uh, have trouble with the, the grip on the baseball because of the cold wind. Uh, it's just tough to feel your fingers. And, uh, you know, if you stand out there for a couple or three innings and don't get a ball hit to you and you don't get a hit as a, as a batter, uh, you can freeze to death out there on the field like yesterday. So uh, it was just not conducive to great baseball. Bob Brunley joining us for a few more minutes on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David. I'm Bruce. We're here doing Inside the Clubhouse every week, 52 weeks out of the year on 670 The Score. Bob, uh, you caught for many years. You managed a world championship team. You broadcast thousands of games. Where do you stand on catchers as far as pitch framing and how that's become such an important part of analytics, uh, the way that uh, general managers and uh, front offices look at it at this point in time? Well, I think it's every bit as important as it's always been. I mean, we, we valued that back in my playing days and my coaching and managerial days. We just didn't have uh, numbers to put on it and names to give to it. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of the analytics that, that that are so popular in the game now, everybody wants to talk about the numbers and the spin rate and the, you know, exit velocity and launch angle. We studied all those things, too. We just didn't have terms for them. I mean, I didn't need a computer printout to tell me that Dave Parker hit the ball really hard. <laughs> you didn't need a computer printout to tell you that Sandy Koufax had a really good spin rate on his curveball. You could just use your eyes and your experience in the game to tell you things. But now that we can quantify them, um, you know, it seems like every team is trying to use all those numbers as best you can, which is the smart thing to do. But I don't think it's really changed the game that much. Uh, you know, good baseball guys, if you watch a game, you can tell who's throwing hard and who's not throwing hard and who has good movement on their sinker and who doesn't. 
um, you know, once again, just because you can put a number on it, uh, it's become very trendy to uh, to jump into that analytics pool. But, uh, Bob, in closing with you, July 31st comes around. Put on your uh, prognosticator cap if you can. And uh, is Zach Granke a member of the Diamondbacks or some other franchise uh, on August 1st? Well, there have been rumors about Zach moving along uh, almost since the day he got here uh, because of the size and length of his contract. And uh, I think it really all depends on what the Diamondbacks do between now and July uh, 31st. Uh, This is not a full-blown rebuild. Uh, They've plugged some holes. Obviously, you lose Goldie and A.J. Pollock and Patrick Corbin. Those are three ginormous holes in your roster. But... Uh, you know, I, I think the organization feels like if they can stay close, if they can compete uh, uh, come July 1st, that they, they may be in a position to, to possibly add a player or two if uh, if that's what it comes to. But, uh, you know, if the Diamondbacks are scuffling along, if they're, you know, dropping out of the race in the National League West, I don't think Zach Greinke will be the only guy that will be trade bait here on the Diamondbacks roster. Bob, as always, uh, David and I appreciate your friendship and coming on the show. I look forward to seeing you out at the ballpark the rest of the weekend. Absolutely, guys. I want to say hi to my son-in-law, Pat Priola. He's driving back to the suburbs. He was in the city last night. We had breakfast this morning, and he's a, a, a religious listener to you guys, so I know he's got you dialed in right now on his drive home. Oh, we appreciate that, and you as well, Bob. Thanks again for joining us. All right, guys. Have a great day. Right, thanks, thanks, Bob. And we'll put Pat on next. Sure, why not? Yeah. Listen, this you know you have always had get great guest list. I will say that you know not only when I'm here but when I listen. Of course, this is the best guest list that I've been part of. This yeah. has been this has been great today. Yeah, it's been a special show, and uh, you know, of course, the the impact of Chet on my career uh, was so profound, and the fact that I uh, I saw him just about every week for the last ten years for lunch and. All we did is sit there and laugh and uh, lie to each other. You know, it was just, <laughs> it was just so much fun. And um, I'm really having a, I'm really having a tough time with it. And I just, uh, just fi- in final, you know, want to send out my uh, love and respect to uh, his ex-wife Anna, um, Suzanne, and uh, his kids, uh, Lindsay and Tyler. Well, you know, and you know, there's nothing good, of course. But I just want to say that one, one very good thing that I feel good about is that Chet saw his daughter get married last month. Right. And, you know, it's it's a tough time for the family, obviously, but he was there for a very, very special occasion in his and his family's life, and that's something to at least feel good about in, in a very bad time. So. Absolutely, David. Uh, you know, again, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here uh, and be lucky enough to be doing radio in Chicago without uh, Chet Kopic and uh, – a lot of other great people like Cheryl Ray, Jerry uh, Cook, Mitch Rosen. They've all had a huge impact on my career. I'm leaving people out, but it's just uh, it's been a great ride. But you don't do it without great friends and other people identifying what little talent sometimes you do have. All right, Bruce, uh, the bottom of the hour brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Nothing beats playoff hockey in Chicago. Catch your Central Division champion Wolves as they battle Grand Rapids in the second game of the first round tonight at 7 at the Allstate Arena. For playoff information, visit ChicagoWolves.com. Also brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Shopping for a mortgage and maybe trusting hundreds of thousands of dollars to an online firm. Really? Use Lakeside Bank, your own Lakeside Mortgage Banker will be with you every step of the way when it comes to a mortgage. Personal is best. Lakeside Bank, it's about time. And will the Cubs have room 
for Addison Russell when he Ooh, returns? Good question. Well, uh, we'll discuss that with you. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Text us six seven eleven on Inside the Clubhouse. We'll be back right after this. Ten forty six. Welcome back. Our final segment here on Inside the Clubhouse. I'm David Schuster. He's Bruce Levine, and uh, Bruce. It's been a great show so far. Great show. Let's not ruin it now. <laughs> it's uh, a. <laughs> you know, know what? We, and I don't think I've laughed as much as I. I had. know it was great. It started with McLean and all those. Oh God! Great memories from John McDonough as well, and uh, you know, it was Ion uh, Mancata. I mean, uh, not Ion Mancata, but. Yonder uh, Alonzo was was certainly uh, fun at the beginning as well. But, David, uh, we have a situation coming up in about 12 days where Addison Russell will complete Mm. his minor league stint. Uh, About six days from now, he'll be able to go out for seven days. And then a big decision to be made. And it sounded like, from talking to Joe Madden yesterday, that... He is penciled in to go right back to shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly how I read it, and I think that's how he meant it to be read. Also, uh, he he said he's still one of the best, if not the best, defensive shortstops. I still think, to be honest with you, I think uh, Javier Baez is a better defensive shortstop, in my opinion. And I think in the long run, we've talked about this, you and I have talked about this probably now for three years, that I think... uh, Bias is the better shortstop because specifically about his arm and his range, and Russell would probably be best served to play second base, but they've never followed through on that. David, with his new aura, you know, he's on the cusp of superstardom, Bias. Mm-hmm. How will his ego handle moving from the quote-unquote golden position of short back to second base? How do you think, I mean, we know the clubhouse will be handled. We'll know Joe handle it. But how do you think Baez internally will handle that? Well, unless he's going to hide it, I think he'll handle it pretty good. I mean, he's always, you know, he 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 seemingly, not seemingly, he, he portrays it as being a team player. And he says that he doesn't care about the numbers. You know, I think every player does care about the numbers to a certain degree. So I think he'll handle it okay, but I'm I'm talking about from a from a baseball standpoint. I think he's a better shortstop. That's my opinion. Well, I guess Joe's opinion and the opinion of the Cubs is that with those two up the middle, you have the most range of just about anybody in baseball. Therefore, you can issue using the shift very often because you have so much range there and you can position your players better. I think the the Cubs were one of the teams that shifted the least last year before Russell went out on his suspension. And a lot of it has to do with the amount of range that they both cover. Well, you know, it's interesting because Joe Madden, Bruce, you know this better than almost anybody. He likes having musical chairs with his players all over the place, both in the lineup and even more so in the field. And the one guy he has not done that with, at least in the field, has been Addison Russell. They've only played him at shortstop, yet Baez has played all over, Chris Bryant, you name it. Everybody else plays all over the place, but they have locked him in defensively to only play shortstop. The first question I asked him when I got to spring training, you were already there, was, will Russell play other positions and he said, well, we think that Addison Russell is a shortstop. So whether that was a situation where he's going through this therapy as well on his program to get back and they didn't want to give him too much to think about besides coming back as, quote unquote, Addison Russell, uh, maybe that's a part of it. 
They also are going to have more trading chips if Russell comes back and he does it successfully. Yeah, that's true. Uh, By the way, Bruce, today the scores, Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks, they'll be live from Pop's Pizza and Sports Bar that's out in Roselle. Stop in from approximately 4.30, depending on the time of the Cubs game, to 8 o'clock this evening to see the broadcast. Meet Julie and Maggie and enjoy Sam Adams specials. It's brought to you by Sam76, the crushable Sam Adams. Let's go out to the phone lines before we get out of here, Bruce. South side of the city and Ron. Go ahead, Ron. You're on inside the clubhouse. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Hey, David, I agree with you. The show is always good, but today was great. Really nice hearing Denny McClain. So, you know, but, um, you know, guys, hey, Bruce, just wanted to point out last year when your Army time was struggling. And actually, you know, Bruce, I had concerns. I mean, the high strikeouts, but one thing we have to always remember, the most difficult thing to do in all the sports – is, is hitting the baseball. But I know Tim Anderson, uh, you know, getting a lot of attention. But, but Tim started showing improvement last year. But I, I, I'm just so happy to be able to see Yohan Lincoln. Big part, you know, of, of, of the rebuild, made the transition to third base. But just have to point that out. It, it makes you optimistic, guys, you know, for for the White Sox future. So well, Ron, uh, Ron, not only does he hit it, but it makes a different sound. And he hits it awfully hard. And uh, that continued uh, thing, David, with with Mancada, um, the idea that I and I, I asked I asked Rick Rick Renteria and Rick Hahn this question: if he cuts his strikeouts from 217 to 150 this year, that's about 60 or 70 extra balls in play, probably hit hard. There's a good chance that Mankata is going to have a very good year. Isn't it funny, Bruce? Because when they first brought him up and he was playing second base, and you know they had a hole at third base, and I know Jake Berger was drafted to be at the third base, and unfortunately he's had the two Achilles heel injuries. But we all said, you know, publicly and you know amongst ourselves, well, how about third base? Why doesn't he play third base? And it took a while, right. but logic finally, you know, well, prevailed. And logic was also pushed by the fact that their number one pick. Nick Madrigal is a second second baseman, baseman. and it won't be long in their mind that he'll be uh, there at uh, 35th in uh, Shields and Belvec Drive to be able to help out there. So uh, things are looking up for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, There are some players that are starting to make uh, their presence be felt. Yeah, one more phone call before we get out of here. Let's go out to St. Charles and Joe. Go ahead, Joe. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Hi, guys. Um Joe Madden drives me crazy. He seems like a really nice guy, but he's got so many preconceived notions about players that it just irritates us right. not out of me. Uh, spec- I mean, he's specify. The, he's got the best right fielder in baseball playing center, which is a complete waste of a fantastic arm. He's got a guy on the bench, you know, four days a week, that's a sewer with a glove out there in center field. Not to mention how he treats who pitched You know, like that seventh game of the World Series. You know, he goes in there and makes up his mind before the game even starts that, the, that he's coming out early. Yeah. He's it's had pretty good crazy. success, though, hasn't he? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, you know, I, it makes me wonder um, – how much better they would be with uh, 
with somebody else. Yeah. Hey, Joe, hey, Joe, we're running short on time, so we appreciate your phone call. You know, I, a- I understand. I understand what he says Listen, because he, he drives so, us crazy too sometimes. But, 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 in the lineups. but you know, whether you like it or not, it's well thought out on his end. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he's always and, got a reason for and everything. Until until further notice. He's going to be making those decisions. Absolutely. Hey, Bruce, uh, we got to say special thanks to a lot of special people today. Yonzer Alonzo of the White Sox. By the way, the White Sox game was uh, postponed in Detroit. They'll play a tri-night doubleheader in August. Denny McClain. Denny McClain. Wow. I can put that on my resume that we got Denny McClain on a show that I was on. As well as John McDonough. They were both here to talk about Chet Kopic And Bob Brenly, good friend of both yours and mine, he joined us also. He'll, I'll see him out at the ballpark. Special thanks to Zach Withers. Appreciate it, Zach. Coming up very shortly, Steve Rosenblum. I'll be sitting in with him. And, Bruce, thanks again for always allowing me to sit in with Uh, you. It's it's a great pleasure. Matt Matt will be back uh, next week, as he will tomorrow, on Hit and Run from 9 until 1245 before Chicago Cup Baseball. And uh, people can follow me on Twitter at uh, MLB Bruce Levine. Follow my writing on the Cubs and White Sox. 670thescore.com. Rosie and Shu are up next. On the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.